Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscovered Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! We are entering, I think a lot of Al fans would agree, a lot of the critics said this as well, we're hitting the the B side of this album where the parody choices are way more questionable. Than the than the ace. Yeah, I suppose so, right? It's a shame because I do... I'm just going to go right out on the, uh, out the gate and say I like this song i like who's johnny my last note that i wrote down because i did the research on here's johnny i wrote down my initial thoughts i felt like i didn't really have that much written down so i was like let me listen to who's johnny and i said i listened to who's johnny and i liked the song so much that it actually retrospectively made me like the parody less (laughs) um because that's fair because one of my other notes was that I feel like my enjoyment of this song is that I genuinely don't know the song Who's Johnny, so I just hear this as a really fun original. Yeah. And that's, like, the problem. So this is what we got from the wiki page. Um, on August 5th, Yankovic recorded Here's Johnny, a parody of Who's Johnny by El DeBarge. The song, a loving ode to The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson announcer Ed McMahon, features John Rourke of the American series Friday doing an impression of McMahon's voice. According to Yankovic, Peter Wolf, the man who wrote Who's Johnny, enjoyed the parody idea so much that he personally brought into the studio a floppy disk that contained the song's program synthesizer parts. So that means Al's version actually contains elements from the original track. Yes. Which is fascinating. I, that might be a first. It, it genuinely might be. Part of this has to be, here's a question that I think will explain a lot right out the gate. When you think of The Tonight Show, you as a child, who is the first host you remember of The Tonight Show? I guess technically I was around for Carson, but I always think of Leno. 
same because he was the guy for most of my life exactly and that i think that that's my disconnect is like this came out in 86 yeah i want to say leno took over in the very early 90s like i think carson checked out in like 91 or 92 and it's been leno since then so what the last time that johnny carson hosted the tonight show you and I were both like six or seven years old. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, I mean, I we know Carson because Carson has remained such a a figure in the comedy world, where there are still jokes. People still talk about. I mean, p- comedians I love will still talk about Carson. So I know the references and I understand, but that's not a show I ever watched. It was before my time. And that's my issue: is that like yeah. the Johnny Carson and the Ed McMahon of it all? Like I know these references because of the Simpsons or or other people just doing Ed McMahon impersonations on things. But like when you strip out the context <laughs> of like yeah. personally experiencing it, you strip out even knowing the original song that much, it kind of just leaves leaves me wanting more. I almost wish that this was a song about the shining instead of Ed McMahon, because I would like connect with it. I hadn't thought about that. A different here's Johnny reference that they could have uh, run with. There are references in this song that I don't get. Yeah. Like just looking at the lyrics again, like I'm assuming the watch him selling beer and dog food, hear him say, here's Johnny. Like I'm assuming that Ed McMahon had some commercial run where he was the spokesperson for other products, but I don't know. You are correct. I, I, I don't, yeah, that's okay. There you go. Thank you. Thank you for that. And or even uh, a trooper to the end, a Clydesdale's best friend. I also don't know what that reference is. Yeah, I don't know. I honestly don't know what that reference is either. Let's figure out what genius. Ed, Let's Ed see McMahon has to do with Clydesdale. On one. Ed McMahon was known for his ads for Budweiser and Alpo. So Great. there we go. Uh, a Clydesdale's best friend. Ed McMahon was often featured in Budweiser ads alongside the Budweiser Clydesdale. Oh, okay. Means nothing to us. No, it means nothing. The only reference in here that does resonate with me from my own childhood experience is the, I got a letter from him just the other day. It said, you may already be a winner, which is yes, the Publishers Clearinghouse sweepstakes, yeah. which I did grow up with him on the television, showing up at people's houses with giant checks. Yes. Uh, that, that I, that's a reference that I know for Ed McMahon. Absolutely. Yeah. I. So this is going to be really weird, but my biggest connection with Ed McMahon and like Here's Johnny and all of that is a very short-lived cartoon series that ran in the 90s. So there was Tiny Toon Adventures uh-huh. and there was Animaniacs, right? And I referenced this in an earlier episode on this album, but like Animaniacs dabbled into educational stuff. Yes. As goofy and wacky as that show was, like it taught you about like the state capitals and it taught you about the countries around the world. Sure. So someone took the idea of like, could we take the Animaniacs energy and make a fully educational show? And they created a show that lasted like one season called Hysteria. Do you have any memory of this show? I have a memory of the name, but I'm pretty sure I never saw it. So this makes no sense whatsoever. I'll never be able to explain why they did this, but (laughs) Hysteria followed a cartoon character named Father Time, who was like a very old skinny man with a long um, beard, and then like Baby Year, and it was just like a egg-shaped baby, and then a group of kids, (laughs) and they would travel through time to all these different historical moments and talk about the history of them. And like most of the kids were just like, 
generic cartoon child one, right? But there was like a a few random reoccurring kids. Like one was Froggy because he had this real like raspy voice. But uh-huh. one of the kids' names was Crazy Bob, and he exclusively spoke in Ed McMahonisms. Oh so, wow! Okay. Like, so like they would state a fact, and he would just go, "You are correct, sir," or he would go, <laughs> "Here's Johnny." Like <laughs> that was all his character did. So that is literally the only thing I know about Ed McMahon. Wow, it's this cartoon character from a short-lived kids cartoon. I love that. That's your reference point. That could not be more obscure. That is so no. much more obscure than anything in this song. One hundred percent. I was like, wow. "Why is this the case that I remember this?" <laughs> and then, obviously, like the Simpsons had tons of Johnny Carson's. There's like literally a whole one of the best episodes of the Simpsons is a whole send off to like the last Johnny Carson show where mm. Krusty does his Krusty farewell special, and it's like beat for beat the Johnny Carson farewell show. But yeah, there's just it's it's tough. This is like the one of the toughest parodies we've ever had to discuss because I think so much of what this song is supposed to work on is your knowledge of the original song, which was a a decent hit. It was a number three hit on the billboard charts. It's not like this song tanked. And secondly, like a loving knowledge of the source material. Yeah. And we have neither of those. It's true. It's true. I mean, you know, the other funny thing is I truly did not know, and it's weird because I've seen it. It's been a long time, but I did not realize that this song was specifically written for Short Circuit. Yeah, Johnny Five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew it was in the soundtrack, but for whatever reason, I never put together. This is so dumb for me to even Are admit. Are we about to talk ridiculous. about the music video? Let's, that, let's. Well, yeah, we got to talk about the actual Who's Johnny music video, but I just did not occur to me that it was written for the film. That the lyrics of this song are literally about Johnny Five from Short Circuit. Well, let me blow your mind real quick there, Matt. Okay. Have you realized that excluding Addicted to Spuds, all of the parodies are songs from movie soundtracks? I did know that they were all from movie soundtracks, but I guess it's that thing of like, is it from, is it from the soundtrack or is it written for a film? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so obviously... Ruthless but I people think all of them written are written for ruthless people. For, yeah. I think they're all written for because I think Living in America was definitely written for Rocky Four. I don't think that was just like a yeah, I guess a you're dusty right. James Brown B side that they they took out off the shelf to throw in there. I guess you're right. Yeah, no, I I mean I knew this was in the soundtrack, but I just until I was watching the music video right before we recorded this episode, it didn't occur to me that it was that much of a tie-in. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. I miss the days of like, movie soundtrack tie-in music videos. I mean, obviously, Weedus did it with Loser, but like... Kind of a late example so of it, actually. Of these. Yeah. yeah, like that was that was towards the end of it. Like another one that I remember from that time, same time period was Smash Mouth's music video for Can't Get Enough of You Baby, yep. which was like them performing at the party from the movie or something. Like the way that they would try to integrate that stuff. But 
I've talked this about is, this before. One of the last examples, if you don't count, because you could count like Disney movies, like I don't think it's fair to count like Frozen. No, no, no. Yeah. But one of the last examples of it I could think of is Dashboard Confessional had a big hit with Vindicated, which was specifically written for, I think, Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2. And it was very clear in the music video that it was. Yeah, no, it was a, an absolute tie in. Yeah. Like the video is promoting the film. And yeah, that just does not happen in the same way anymore. At least not that I'm aware of. Um, yeah. It which used is to crazy. be such a vehicle. Which is crazy because Vindicated is like one of those songs where it's like, if you're just listening to it on the radio, you're not like, oh, all well, those Spider-Man 2 references. Exactly. And that's the song. thing, right? Is that part of me is like, <laughs> oh, this is from Spider-Man 2, but it's just a song that they gave to Spider-Man 2. Like, where, in this case, it where, did not occur to me. Who's that, like, Johnny? Yeah, who's Johnny? Like very... yeah. I don't know why I didn't. I just never put it together. And then I watched this video with a robot in a courtroom and I was like, oh, God, I guess it is about him. So weird. The, the fact that right after the first chorus it's a courtroom the whole video is a courtroom and l l debarge is on the stand <laughs> the the lawyers take out exhibit a which is just a vhs copy of short, of short circuit. circuit and they show it in court as evidence and all the lawyers are just grilling him and the judge everyone's just like who is johnny yeah. And he is just dancing through the courtroom while everyone's yelling at him it's a hilarious video i think the thing that the thing it's that one freaked of the most me out, brilliant ways that I've ever seen them integrate movie footage. It's so into a good. Music video. It's so good. And it's an <laughs> like, example of like now in hindsight, watching this video, I'm like, this is more ridiculous than Al's parody. One hundred percent. Like and this I is think so that, that strange. Is, it worked on I Lost on Jeopardy for sure. Yeah. But this is tough because like it is a goofy, dumb song to begin with. Yeah. Like, how do you take like a silly song about a robot and make it sillier, which I guess his idea was like, you normalize it. Like, it's not a ridiculous song. It's literally just a love letter to Ed McMahon. To Ed McMahon, the most basic guy. Yeah, he did it. He pulled a normal Al on us. He took, he, he went, uh, <laughs> took the weird thing and made it uh, about something very basic and common. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, it's a bummer because like, I actually, I don't know when, I'll probably never listen to Here's Johnny again outside of the context of just listening to the album polka party like i don't see myself being in a situation where i just feel like pulling up that specific song yeah but it's who's not a... johnny who's johnny is like being added to some playlists who's johnny me. is great um i was also <laughs> surprised to see um it's a motown record um, yes it was released by I saw motown that. records which is amazing <laughs> Uh, kind of late for Motown, but very, very cool. The video is a delight. It's hilarious. And you get to see uh, Ali Sheedy and Steve Gutenberg, uh, who joined the courtroom proceedings at one point. It's just uh, it's a great little uh, piece of 80s uh, throwback. Um, another video that is in shockingly poor quality online. <laughs> the only format that exists. <laughs> but yeah, it's a shame because, I, I, you know, a part of the problem, like you said, is that this song is largely forgotten nowadays i would even say that the whole short circuit franchise is kind of like there's people like us who grew up with it on tv yeah. all the time but yeah. you know if you if you grabbed your average gen Zer and asked them who the ghostbusters were they would know what the ghostbusters were and obviously like that's had a more recent resurgence but but even like with stuff like stranger things there's a lot of 80s stuff that has like resurfaced into the public eye Short Circuit is not one of those things. Like, I feel like somehow whoever's in in charge of uh, what piece of pop culture gets to, like, 
continue to live in the public eye, everyone has just decided like short circuit should just literally stay in the in the eighties and not not. It's get hard a to imagine a. Anywhere. It's hard to imagine a a reboot of it. Although I guess it could happen, especially with modern. Somehow, short circuit seems more plausible in the modern age. I just feel like the only time I even see short anything about short circuit is like. Adam Goldberg has a poster for it in his bedroom on the show, the Goldbergs. Like it's not like even the stranger things kids haven't really mentioned the existence of this film franchise. And they've talked about everything. They've talked about as far as like, (laughs) have you seen, (laughs) have you watched short circuit like recently? Not in a long time. And I know that there is some casting issues that people have. I'm wondering if, uh, (laughs) It's one of those things that like from our time period where it's like you remember it so fondly from your childhood and then you revisit and you're like, oh, this is not that good. <laughs> it's I don't it's know. Those... I mean, it might be great, but uh, there's plenty of things like that. I have such a fond memory of. I remember as a child, for whatever reason, I was obsessed with the movie, the animated film Rock-A-Doodle. I still cannot hey, take the nostalgia glasses off on Rock-A-Doodle. It's I great. appreciate that, but that is <laughs> not great. No. <laughs> In hindsight. Boy, I remember it, my mom. I we went to the library to rent movies, and every time we went, I was like, "I got need Rockadoodle," and she yeah, was like, Chanticleer. "Please, please, not Rockadoodle again. <laughs> like, Anything but Rockadoodle." Um, I think Rockadoodle also hurts that it came out around the exact same time as Fern Gully, which is just such a massively way better. aged better. And I did movie. enjoy, I did enjoy Fern Gully too, but I mean, you know, nothing could. Yeah, that was towards the later half of Don Bluth's career for sure. Yes. Like Don Bluth was definitely he, the man who had given us the original Lamb Before Time and uh, the Secret of Nim was not fully there at the rockadoodle stage no he wasn't totally yeah he had he had lost some of uh some of that spark which is which is crazy because like i think that both of the american tale movies actually have continued to age beautifully agreed as like well this is talking about some heavy shit that i didn't realize it was talking about when i was a kid watching oh, yeah. it like watching it now i'm like oh this is an immigration movie oh yeah <laughs> like, oh yeah no it's it's heavy it's heavy um so the one thing I'll say with Short Circuit is that if it, like when I think of Short Circuit in this in a modern context, I think of it being a movie that maybe 15 years ago if I was walking through Best Buy and it was like, "Hey, it's Short Circuit 1 and 2 on a single disc for $5." I'd snatch it up in a minute and then it would just sit on the shelf unwatched for like <laughs> yeah. for years. Like it's yeah, it's like one of those things where it's like I remember it always being on TV, but like I couldn't tell you anything about it except for the fact that I still think Johnny Number Five is a cool looking robot. Like, cool looking robot, agreed. Like, agreed. Like that's about it. But I think it's I think we've tried to extend our conversation as much as we possibly I, can. I have I have one more thing to say about well, but going back to the El Debarge, who's okay. Johnny? Because this is super interesting. You were talking about how um, we mentioned how Peter Wolf. The writer of the song um, was such a fan of Al doing the parody that he gave him the tracks and stuff. Peter Wolf basically started his career working with someone who we've mentioned on this podcast a couple times, and that is Frank Zappa. He played keyboards for Frank Zappa in the 70s into the early 80s. Uh, He played on Joe's Garage. He played on Sheik Your Booty, Tinseltown Rebellion. Um, And then following that, was a writer-producer who made a bunch of hits. He produced We Built This City for Starship, and another one we've mentioned in just the last episode, he also did Everybody Have Fun Tonight by Wang Chao. Oh, wow. How about that? 
one of the things that I happened to catch when I was looking up who's Johnny is just that uh, Michael McDonald is one of the backup singers on this song. Oh. <laughs> I didn't um, hear his, his very noteworthy voice when I was listening to the song, but I was like, huh. Good for him. Yeah, there's a lot of good. And just another one that's not totally related, but is is interesting to me. He also is the producer of uh, King of Wishful Thinking by Go West. Ooh, um, a great a great resume for this guy. So, And he was enough of a fan of Al that he was thrilled to have Al parody his song, which I always instantly makes you top of my list. I love the people who just are stoked to work with Al. Same. I wish that I was stoked about this parody, though. And I'm trying to figure out. Where Peter I'm Wolf also this. did this soundtrack for Weekend at Bernie's too. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> I classic. just saw that. Yeah, no, the unforgettable the, film score. The the movie for, where for Weekend at Bernie's brings two. Bernie back. Yeah. Um, In the world of yeah. notable film scores, it's like Star Wars, Weekend at Bernie's two, Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I am not putting this at the bottom, but I'm putting it pretty low. Uh, I'm gonna put. Here's Johnny. Actually, I'm putting this a little bit higher than I thought. No. Okay. I think I found the spot that I like. I'm putting it between Girls Just Want to Have Lunch and Stop Dragging My Car Around. The song doesn't anger me quite on the level of like a I Want a New Duck. I was won over a little bit for the just Girls Just Want to Have Fun argument of like it is a little punk how pissed off he is. Um but it falls in that same category of Stop Dragging My Car Around, where it's like, I barely knew the original song, but I like Who's Johnny instrumentally more than I like Stop <laughs> Stop Dragging My Heart Around, and that's how I've landed on that position. Yeah, it's always tough to judge these. We've talked about this before, but like, you, you I mean, obviously you can't detach the song he is parodying from it. And I think I really do think Who's Johnny is a great song, and this is so fun to listen to. Um, I love the... Uh, uh, one other thing about the song I forgot to mention the uh, um, it's in the original and it's in Al's version there's that like weird like stutter effect that then leads to a key change going into yes. the end of the song that is oh, glorious so yeah, so, so good. good yeah and because of that I'm gonna rank it higher than some other things that I just find more boring overall um Wow, okay, this is going to be... I'm surprising myself that I'm doing this, and I might regret it later, but in this moment, I am putting this above Living with a Hernia wow. and just below King of Suede. Wow. You went higher than even I went with this one. I did, I did. I, and again, it's because I, I'm... In a way, I think Living with a Hernia is a more interesting... I think Al's take of Living with a Hernia is more clever, but it's just not as fun to listen to for me as this is because of how good the music is. Like, I enjoy I enjoy listening to this more than I probably would or, or should. <laughs> I don't know. But um, but yeah, no, I, I just... I still get... Uh, it's just such a fun piece of music. It's hard for me to... Even though the lyrics don't totally do it for me, it's still... Uh, I still have fun. All right. Hot take, I know. <laughs> that is that is one of the hottest. So that, that's that's a hot take. That's a hot take. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 